When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Propaganda is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan, Michael and Rob with you today on the podcast where we find out what's been said about Leeds United, both by you and the opposition fans. Uh, you can also watch this on YouTube if you're listening to the audio version and uh, and vice versa. <laughs> First, we're going to get the, the Leeds United fan opinion. Uh, our TSB Plus subscriber sent us their feedback on the match ball for the Southampton game which, let's be honest, was a low point. Before we get into that, we should say that, that Moscow is not here today. Rob, you are sitting in for Moscow. No, uh, no pressure. We've taken his phone off him. Uh, because there was a lot of unhappiness <laughs> at his silence in the early minutes of, of the match ball. So he has been referred to HR for performance review, and we'll let you know how that gets on. It's Tyler Roberts I feel sorry for. Who's going to be there to, to defend him relentlessly in, in the face of all evidence? There was a funny comment on Wacko, and I haven't got it in front of me, the, the webpage, to say it at the minute, but somebody said that Tyler Roberts should come on here to defend Moscow's performance <laughs> on the match ball at the weekend. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we miss you, big guy. Uh, right, okay, what should we talk about then? The feedback we uh, received from TSB Plus subscribers. And what was a very difficult day, Saturday? How should we do this? Because it was miserable, wasn't it? It was a very, very <laughs> miserable experience to the point where actually our our um, the monetization, like the ads on YouTube... It was flagged up for inappropriate content. And I think, I don't know if that's because we were so depressing. And it might have been because you suggested people go and uh, imbibe alcohol. Uh, oh, possibly. To excess. I don't know if that was. Uh, there was a fair bit of swearing on it, I think, as well, which may have yeah, been an issue. And, but I appealed it and it got uh, unread flagged, which was good. A, well, hu- a human looked at it, not just the algorithm. Uh, right. So I think we should start with where is it? I'm scrolling down all the. Fr- oh, God, that's miserable. So is that. Um, let's have a look. I mean, we. we where, st- where was the one? We were too positive. But I, I mean, I Phil. <laughs> Phil watched that. There we ma- go. Phil oh. watched the match ball and decided that we'd obviously been on the happy pills. The team and game was dire. I mean, I don't know which bit of of, of that he he watched or listened to and went. Those guys are having a great time. That was overwhelmingly positive. Um, tell it how it really is. I mean, yeah, I, there was. I didn't think there was anything positive. No, no redeeming features for the first time in a, in a long time. I gave it a listen and it was one of those weekends where I was like, right, that's enough football for the weekend now. I'm just going to turn my phone off, not look at the internet and <laughs> pretend that football doesn't exist because that, that makes me much happier. I'm never going to go, woe is me about this because it's it's great to do this, but you do have to accept like the rough with the smooth. And the last thing I wanted to do after that game was talk about it or dwell on it for the weekend because it did completely ruin my Sunday. Despite me knowing it's just a silly football match, I was in a really foul mood on Sunday and I couldn't shake it. Should have done what Moscow did and um, just, just play a game on your phone for, <laughs> for 10 minutes. Straight under the bus now he's not here. I, know, I think I think Moscow's problem in fairness is is captured by the, the lack of positives that people were able to isolate in that he's generally the one that you look to to find something good in, in Tyler Roberts. But 
I think he was left he was left devoid of, of anything on the weekend. There was very little to, to cling on to, was there, that one. Let, let, let's run through some of the headlines then, because we divide these up into sections on our notes. I mean, you can't see them, but how bad we were is the top one. Who do we blame? People now worried. Uh, energy levels, lack of depth. We're already relegated. That'll be a good one. We'll start with that. Second season syndrome. Missing personalities. Rodrigo, our lack of midfield. Back three. Bielsa. Uh, we do have a positive or two there. Transfer business. And... Uh, Hilton Crowther uh, is back from beyond the grave, suggesting the Eddie solution is the, the the right one, which is put Jacko in and play the kids. Panic by Lewis O'Brien and Che Adams in uh, in January. Get John Kevin or Gustav back. That's what I say. Sorry, buy him for the first time. <laughs> Have a look at him. He's probably cheaper now than when we first. Would he be better than Rodrigo? It's a good question. I, do you know? What? I, re- I really like Rodrigo. Let's be positive, right? Okay, we've, we've got two ways we can approach this podcast. We can wallow in it more, or we can be really positive. Rodrigo, he's a dead nice guy. How do you know? You can just tell, can't you? I saw him in Armley uh, setting fire to cats. Really? <laughs> no, that's not true, obviously. Yeah, he's, he seems nice, doesn't he? Yeah, nice but, guy. Very very gentle personality. There's a bit of an issue. I mean, I'm, I'm well, actually, I'm not that nice. I'm, I'm fairly nice. But uh, would you want me playing up front for Leeds United at the moment? You might have been more effective on Saturday than well, that's the thing. Than those chumps. What, what could I have done worse? It would mm. would be the um, would be the issue. He did barely touched it, did he? Was the main problem. I mean, you got into the point in the last five minutes of the game of counting the touches, but not manually. I mean, you went to a stats website. Yeah, I think he's had he's had twenty two touches. Um, yeah. But to be fair, one thing we we didn't mention. I mean, and James and, and Ant both pick out Rodrigo and. Actually, there is apology contained within this. Like Ant even says he hates to jump on the bandwagon and trying to be a fan of his, it just didn't show up with anything. But there was no service, was there, at all? Like I think the problem was probably the total and also lack of outball from defence into midfield and what midfield. They were pretty woeful on Saturday. I was um, I have written an article for the blog comparing this defeat at Southampton because there was all this talk of where does it rank among Bielsa's worst performances. It's right up there. It's It's the worst we've ever played and I don't know, you don't have to go that far back to find us playing that badly. And I compared it to the Brighton game at the end of last season when we went there and there was no Phillips, there was no Rafinha. We were terrible. Bamford played up front that day and he had 15 touches, which was even fewer than Rodrigo in an hour. And he got hooked off. And it was, yeah, it was pretty rank. And yeah, the Southampton game was very much of a muchness in that case. And actually, I think the one brief glimmer of hope I take out of it is that the way Bielsa responded to that Brighton game was he picked the exact same team against Tottenham and they were brilliant so these don't just become bad players overnight that doesn't mean they can't play badly like, <laughs> as they did at the weekend so you, so you promise they're going to play well right <laughs> I don't want to promise it but that's that's about as positive yeah. as well, I've got but, but you're right though based on historic evidence there is a positive reaction in this somewhere you'd hope it's the overall context of it isn't it like that, that Brighton game came at a time when we were fairly all right in the league. We'd played well in fairly recent memory. Things didn't feel like they were dropping apart in quite the mm. same way as they do now. But I mean, we went into the international break and we were all giddy off a win. We were seeing Rafinha being brilliant and it was like, oh, well, this is, this is all going to be fine. Then we turned up on the, at Southampton and Christ, <laughs> we were like, all, all the problems we'd, we'd more or less forgotten about for a week were so evident. You know, when we played Brighton, was that off the back of an international break or going into one? I couldn't remember now. That was the game where everyone was like, right, Alioski needs to go. Mm. That was sort of his uh, one of just... We're missing one... him now, though, aren't we, Rob? We're missing him. <laughs> well, where's Furpo exactly? Where's our replacement? But yeah, it, 
then, like you say, we were a lot more forgiving. And I listened back to that podcast and even you were talking about Bamford and you were saying, well, he just didn't get any service. So that's kind of, mm. it's not really his fault. Whereas with Rodrigo, it's very much the opposite uh, reaction. I think the problem we've got is that everyone was saying, well, he's not a number 10, so he needs to play number nine. He's played number nine. He had a couple of good games, but he's not scored. And then he has a game like that and he just doesn't have the credit in the bank, does he? Yet, no. Which I think is the problem. That was the thing Bamford used to struggle with until last season, even when he played well and did something. He never did it quite consistently enough or scored enough goals in the championship that when he had a bad game people were willing to accept it it was always like well someone else would be doing a better job than this and then last year he, he essentially just got rid of that entirely because he started the season well and played well throughout and he's reached a point now where he can he can have bad games and fans can stomach it whereas with Rodrigo people are sort of at the end of their tether with him to a large extent at the moment because they just the thing was that he he's not had a chance in the team and now he's got one and it's it's just not working at the moment. I think it's quite telling as well that Bielsa's quite quick to sub him off at times. He's been taken off at mm. half-time quite a bit, even though we had a pretty weak bench at the weekend. It was, you know, was it just after an hour he went off? It was mm. like, well, it's not working, so we're going to have to change it. Yeah, Brighton, there was no international break. We played Man United on the 25th of April, drew nil-nil, nil-nil at home, and then we went there on the 1st of May and lost 2-0, so that's that theory out of the window. But you know, a nil-nil against Man United was a good performance and a good result. So you could then you go away and you and you lose, and it's you know we, we were already very comfortable in the league at that point, weren't we? It was it was all fine. Whereas as it is, we're looking at a, being a Newcastle win away from relegation zones. Mm, but also, we're only one win away from being fourteenth. You don't look that way, do you? When you when when things are going badly, you only look down. Well, um, Roger suggests that we uh, we need to get used to what this is going to be like. He said, need to get a foretaste of uh, how we'll line up next season when Rafinha and Phillips are sold. <laughs> Hundreds of millions wasted on Costa Casilla, Augustin, who uh, Rodrigo, Cock, James, but still stuck with a tired Championship midfield. Perhaps it is just that the money's not being entirely wasted on all those players, but we still just do need a midfielder. That or I would argue that. It, the, the Victor Orta angle on it is weird because I feel like he, six months ago everyone was saying how brilliantly we'd done to not get Ben White and instead we got Urente and we got Cock and we've made some really good investments in like Melier was a, has been a brilliant signing for the money and it feels like that's now almost flipping back where people are saying well he's just bought all these shit injured players what the yeah. fuck what's he, what's he actually doing what he needs to go as well and it's like well the truth is probably somewhere in the middle in that obviously we should have bought a central midfielder. And the club know we should have bought a central midfielder because we tried to sign a year ago Cuisance, we tried to get Gallagher, we tried to get O'Brien from Huddersfield. Keep, were... keep failing though, don't we, Michael? That's the point. Well, that's the thing, but they, they're aware of the issue and the fact we haven't signed it is definitely on the club. It's, that... a, it's a failing, isn't it? But it is. I'd like to know why we haven't. I'd like to understand more about the dynamic of player recruitment. I mean, we had Victor Altovinier and spoke to him and didn't really get a proper chance to kind of get too much into that granular side of things, but... He did say, you know, they've got like two, they narrow it down to two or three targets for each position. It does beg the question as to why they've not been able to address that in two consecutive summers. And then obviously they don't like doing business in January, but who knows if maybe they'll act this time because I just think we need an extra body in there. I think um, Bielsa's influence on it all is kind of a strength and a weakness. Like when he's talking about he wants a small squad and he, and he has a certain value of a player. And I like those things about him and, and, you know, if the club's uh, approach is to invest in the under-23s and for Bielsa to, to develop them, then again, like, I, I can see the, the logic in that. But the problem is, is if Bielsa's talking about, well, he doesn't want to play these young players in pressurised situations, that's why he wants his senior players to, to stand up. Which but they're, was the, but they're which all was broken, the, Rob. But this is the thing, but, which was the case with Cresswell um, and Lorente coming back in. But then when you look at the bench at the weekend and the, the senior players are injured and we just got a, a bench full of kids, 
when it is a pressure situation and we need to go for a win, you can't change it then. It's just a bit of a, a punt and hopeful and it, it all gets a bit gloomy. Yeah, I think, I think I mean, it, it's a bit of a stretch, isn't it, hoping that Joffrey's going to rescue things for you um, in his first Premier League appearance. And, and even with Farshaw coming on that, he probably is what we kind of needed, but you know, a guy who's not played a league game for two years, it felt like he just looked at the bench and was like, well, he's the senior player, so it'll have to be him and mm. ho- hopefully it'll work, but... Costa Blanca actually on the feedback picked us up saying, sorry lads, but after sitting through 90 minutes of that, I couldn't appreciate the foreshore praise. He wasn't good enough in the championship and he isn't good enough now. The man under hit every pass he tried. I don't think it was praise of, of his performance necessarily. It's just that I think, I feel like when he came on, there was at least someone stood in that space in front of the defence to take passes, even though he then gave it away. He'd get it. <laughs> but he wouldn't be the first to do that. Them. But it was, it was telling, I think, that it felt like we were almost in better shape with him on there stood there receiving passes and not doing anything with it than just watching the defence hoof it aimlessly hoof into a void of of nothingness in front of them he also spoke about that didn't he he was saying we were going wide too quickly and we didn't have options in the middle to to play through the centre of the pitch so I guess that's where Forshaw comes into it but yeah I guess you're sort of going back to the Rad's tweet there as well aren't you yes it was interesting seeing Moscow actually um God rest his soul, uh, diving into Hassenhuttle's tactical approach and finding reports about how he sets his teams up. Which once, is, once he worked out which half it was. Yeah, to, to crush uh, to crush teams out wide, which is where we tend to play. So he just got the upper hand in that regard, didn't he? I mean, we did say, going into this, I think it was on the Phil Hay show last week, talking about the back three and Craig and Daniel both picked out the, the back three as, as an issue this time. Um, anybody who plays two strikers against us automatically causes us a massive problem because our players never look good in that formation, do they? And it impacts midfield so much, particularly when Calvin's not there. I think that's the thing. When you've got three actual centre-backs doing that system, they all play at centre-back, which is why you have the the gap where Cal- whereas Calvin knows sometimes to drop, sometimes to push forward and receive the ball. I mean, Calvin's just really good. It's the, <laughs> it's the, the actual problem we have because yeah. when, when he's not in the side, there's no one even vaguely approaching his level in that position. And it, and it was a very weakened side, I think it's worth saying. It's probably as weakened. It was certainly, I think it's probably weaker than any team we had to field last season unless someone can tell me otherwise. But it feels, if, if you look at, go through it and look at players who were first choice, played in their first choice position, you're probably looking at Melier, Urente and Cooper. Is that it? Oh, Jack Harrison, I suppose. Click, but, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Because again, going back to that Tottenham game, we, we beat them with midfield of Robin Cock, Tyler Roberts mm. and Mateus Click. And that's like the, the triangle of doom, isn't it? Mm. If, if you'd ask most fans and it kind of worked. But <laughs> but it is, I think, yeah, like you say, with the, with the back three, when Phillips isn't there, it's like, well, how do we get the ball forward which yeah. is the massive problem the back three itself I hated it in Bielsa's first season I thought it was really counterproductive and I found it quite strange but then I think we have got better with each season but then it does seem to have become stunted this season but again I don't know if that's just we need our best player to be playing and then it, everything looks nicer yeah, I was going to say you put Rodrigo uh, not Rodrigo you put Rafinha into that and Phillips and it is a completely different game you would expect from our point of view wouldn't you but that then terrifies everybody into an over-reliance on the good players and just going, well, they're going to be sold anyway. So uh, the, thing, the fact is, though, if people saying, you know, it's a glimpse of the future if we lose Phillips and Rafinha, but the truth is, if they leave, we'll have like £200 million to spend and you would imagine we'll buy some footballers yeah. and hopefully right. ones that aren't just perennially injured. Is there, I mean, this is the, I didn't even ask it, but are we seeing evidence three years down the line of maybe... Bielsa's methods being a bit too much do you think and I ask that completely that I, I love the man you know I would never turn on him but I'm just playing devil's advocate and asking the question because we've had three seasons now where we've been hammered by injuries and the thin squad has exposed us terribly at times is it a problem I don't want to say 
It's one of the great, un, not great unspoken things. It's one of those fears, isn't it? The thing is with, with Bielsa's thin squad approach and insistence on using the 23s is that it's not a problem until it becomes a problem, if the, that makes part sense. Part of the issue, I think, is that because of Bielsa's methods, a dip, what would be called a dip in form elsewhere becomes a, a narrative around having burnt out and his because his methods are so distinct. If he was, you know, if, if we had, if we appointed Eddie Howe and had him in charge for the rest of the season and played badly, people would just go, oh, they're just not very playing very well. Whereas as it is with Bielsa, everyone goes, oh, well, they must be tired or whatever. Whereas like Jack Harrison was was rubbish. It's as bad as he's played in months, years on the weekend. Every, that is the thing though, isn't it? Everybody's out of form and, and that's he, what's but worrying. But Jack Harrison, he'd not been away on international break. He should have been He should have been as rested as he ever is with his... Um, with his constant exercising with his with his incredible girlfriend <laughs> and, his, and his dog, but you know, I'm sure he he will have had a bit of a break by Leeds United standards. But what happened to him? Like he couldn't control a ball, which is unseen, unheard of from Jack Harrison. There were times where he, he came to him and he was just he was Luke Varney-esque in his touch. But if we with all of those days, maybe you'll be I don't know if you're playing you know five aside with your mates or whether you played like eleven aside or something like that, where it just all goes wrong, where nothing works. It's just worrying that they're professional footballers on tens of thousands of pounds a week and they encounter those problems. But yeah, it, but the thing is, you're always looking for big answers and that's, I guess, what we, we've got here in the form of all these little headlines like Bielsa is picked out by Kit, Steve and, and Ryan. Uh, Ryan's asking, do we think the players are no longer playing for the manager? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, Ryan suggests they looked as if they couldn't care less. Has there been a bust up or an unwillingness to change tactics that's costing them? Or is it just that sometimes it doesn't work? I think also, I bet it's, you know, it's probably really, really hard to work under Bielsa and play for him. Like, it, it's not easy. You've got to do a lot of work and it's really tiring. And then it's really hard to, to win. It's hard to win football yeah, matches. Yeah, you've got to play yeah. football really well in the Premier League against other good footballers. And sometimes you don't and you get beat. I think, like you said, Michael, it tends to be just one extreme or the other with us where you watch us against what and you think, I know they're kind of rubbish, but you think, God, we're brilliant. And we just absolutely suffocated them. But then you watch us against Southampton when that isn't happening. And it looks you're just passing the ball into touch and not controlling it, and and it's just veering from one side to the other. It's funny, isn't it? All the existential terror that grips us when we were in the championship for so long, and ultimately we got into a headspace where we couldn't be in that division because it was so bad for us in terms of our, like all our individual mental health and also like the health of the club as a whole. There's also a bit of you thinks we can't be hanging around at this bottom end of the table because that's not good for us either, is it? It feels like we need to be mid-table at minimum just so we can all breathe a little bit. Yeah, I mean, some of the teams as well that were meant to be doing badly and be with us down there are kind of doing all right now. Like Palace, I, at the start of the season, I thought, oh, I won't be surprised no, if they won, were... They've only won one game. Have they? Yeah. Oh, good yeah, one last night, didn't they? No, they drew 2-2. Two, 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 oh, was it drawing the end? 95th oh. minute equaliser. Oh, yeah, yeah. what a great bunch of lads, Arsenal. I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, I saw, them, uh, I, I saw them winning in the last minute, so I assume they had. Yeah, okay, no. well, that's good. But like Wolves have picked up form as we'll we'll come on to in a bit, and I don't know. I, I I suppose I expected there to be a couple more teams. I can't work whether it's good or bad that Watford are above us because I think well, surely we'll finish above them. They're mm, terrible, yeah. but then at the same time, it's like well, they have won a game more than us, Man, which is kind of worrying. With the exception that Watford have won two games, but Palace are in fourteenth. They've only won one match. Southampton have won one match. So have we. Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich all still to win a match. So as long as we get our asses in gear soon. Will be fine. I mean, Newcastle are a bit of an issue in so far as everyone expects them to drop like a billion pounds in January, which may I, see I, them clear of trouble. But I, it may not. I think they'll probably spend some. They'll probably drop forty million on Tarkowski because it'll there'll be the Newcastle tax on top of everything, <laughs> and it'll make them marginally better. But I still think I think they're in a world of trouble. I also think like Brentford yet could 
Nah, Brentford will be no. fine. Could, could they get look pl- really good. Yeah, all they need to do is go on a bad run of form, though, don't they? Mind you, they've got 12 points, which feels like loads. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they, they, if they have a bad run, Wolves could easily get pulled back into it because they either win or lose four of each they've got at the minute. So, you know, Leicester, they've only won three games. So all it takes is a win or two in this division to settle the nerves, doesn't it? I think that's just, just all we need to do is just calm down a little bit. Look at, looking at the rest of the Premier League does help. Yeah. Think, no, there's not that many people. I think just being competent and sensible gets you a long way in the Premier League. And there's not that many clubs that you think, yeah, they've got a grand plan that they're going to stick to and it's, it's there's loads of logic to it and it's going to work. I mean, with Newcastle as well, the thing that gives me hope with them is Amanda Staveley coming in and saying that they've not spoken or thought about any of the performance staff and they've not spoken to him and they, they still try to work out and you think well this takeover's been going on for ages and you've still not worked out that Steve Bruce is like useless <laughs> like come on mm. I expected him to get sacked this week I expected him to get sacked immediately after the Spurs game but it does suggest there's not necessarily a massive plan in place mm. you're right I do and it is I guess it is fairly difficult trying to get a manager mid-season as well as proven by the fact they're apparently going to get Lampard which yeah you're looking for somebody who's, seems got, like who's a, out of work it seems you? like a yeah. Appalling choice, I would suggest. But the longer Bruce stays there as well, because, I mean, let's make no bones about it, apart from that opening section against Spurs and then the late rally when they'd scored again, they were terrible, weren't they? Didn't watch it. I was uh, ignoring all football by fair, that point. Yeah. So. Fair point. But it does give me hope that there are a lot, like you say, a lot of uh, a lot of woeful teams in the Premier League. We just need to be not the most woeful. I mean, on the, the Bielsa burnout thing, a few people did pick up on the general energy levels and Paul saying what's happened to our high energy and pressing game and that did seem to be lacking I do wonder if it's if it's partly a structural thing of not having players in the right positions so maybe you're expecting like maybe the part of that back three maybe one of them doesn't quite know when to press or when to break that three to to push forward in the way that Calvin does he seems to just instinctively know where to be and where to when to put, apply pressure and if one person the thing with applying pressure is once you do it to one person it then makes people rush passes and then everyone else's pressing works better and it's it can be a bit of a system success or a system failure can't it in the way it works and i think that's what we saw at Southampton is that it just they just had the better of us with it this this weekend i think maybe you have to credit them a little bit as well because the start doing the rounds was that it was the first time we'd been out round under Bielsa for however mm. long so maybe it was kind of a bit of them making us look a bit more sluggish than we used to as well. It'll be interesting to see how they get on next week, whether there's that championship drop-off of when teams would raise the games to play against us and then we're knackered afterwards. And I'm also really interested to know what kind of week the Leeds players have at training, if they've been out running a game and whether Bielsa just doubles down and beasts them on. <laughs> well, let's um, let's finish this on a positive or two then. Uh, Matt, Nathan and Carl, all trying to be positive. God bless you. Carrying the touch for Moscow. Carl thought, yeah, match ball was pretty much spot on. Good. Uh, did disagree that the defence was bad as we didn't concede a lot of big chances and that wasn't bad considering how anonymous the midfield was. Thought we defended fine in the main. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure we ever criticised the defence, did we? Mm, I don't know. I suppose we looked a bit stretched but you're going to be, aren't you, when the, you, when you know when there's no one in front of you. Yeah, there's nothing going forward. So let's assume we were right there and Carl's wrong. Uh, <laughs> Nathan said, forget about it. Move on. We're not Norwich, Watford or Burnley who are three teams that will finish below us this season. There's a confident man. Mm, yeah, we're Probably be fine. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Matt's positive was that they're meant to be good at set pieces and we, we handled them okay. I mean, they did nearly score from a couple. There was the one where there was, I can't remember if it was someone at the, but there was a near post flick and then someone at the back post kind of supermanned in and just missed it. So there were they had a couple of chances. And also, the reason they're good at set pieces is because of James Ward-Prowse. Mm-hmm. It wasn't playing. Great. So that probably helped. So apart from those ones, maybe that helped a bit. I don't know. But yeah, that was a, a great positive. But let's not do a back three again, ever. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This part of the show is about Southampton's fans. We find out what's being said on the Southampton fan channels. Uh, we've opted to take a slightly different path, haven't we, today? Yeah, because it's too miserable, isn't it? Should we get the, we get the pain out of the way first? Uh, yeah, this is Match Day Vlogs, a YouTube thing. Southampton fans being happy, whatever. Pathetic. <laughs> this is the best I've seen us this season. Like, the other games when you say we deserve to get something out of it, we did, but we also didn't do enough to win the game. Today, like, we should have, you know, we should be, again, we should be creating more chances, but we were so, so good today. Everyone on that pitch, with that, you know, you can put them at 8 out of 10 or across the board, some of 10 out of 10. Deserve winners and Redmond's had a fantastic game. Bear in mind that the last time we got a game from open play, a goal from open play, sorry, was from a Redmond assist. Just think about that, all the Redmond haters out there. But man, what a performance today. Should have scored more though. We're just gonna need to get a bit more clinical in front of goal, but wow, what a game. Well that's nice for them, isn't it? I'm glad they had a nice time. Sound all happy, don't we? Uh, Watch the team win. Oh, I've just oh pathetic. Right, well that'll do. do. Fancy being so happy about that. Clowns. <laughs> I mean, there's literally not a single yeah, thing wrong with them, is there? You had a nice time, you did nothing wrong. Just fine. Great bunch yeah. of lads, right? It's hard okay. to feel anything about Southampton, though, isn't it? Because they're just mm. so mild mannered. They're a bit like Reading, of, like when yeah. Reading are in the Championship, you think, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah, I know. Like before the game, when they had, they had like a brass band out and stuff, and then I thought it's kind of, it's a bit Southampton, isn't it? Saints, Saints brass, it's on it, which is different if you're going rhyming slang, isn't it? A Saints brass. But um... So that concludes the uh, Southampton part <laughs> of uh, propaganda. We know that they're happy. What else have we got from the wider world of propaganda? <laughs> this is a little a little palate cleanser in, in Moscow's oh, honour. It's um, Dick Van Shitbitch was, okay. very, was very popular the other week after Moscow's attempts at Cockney accents. And thanks to uh, someone called Alistair Beckett King. He doesn't follow us, I, just, I follow him, so I happen to see this clip. He's found a worse Cockney accent than, than Moscow. So have, have a listen to this. This is Marlene Dietrich, who is obviously fairly famous. I think possibly crucially was in silent <laughs> silent movies uh, in the early part of her career. Right. 
But this is her. I mean, she's German and I think latterly lived in America and France. So yeah. the, the accent is probably going to be a, bit, a little bit mixed. Yeah. But this is her attempting a, a Cockney accent in the 1957 film Witness, Witness for the Prosecution. Mm. I'll give you something to dream about, mister. Want to kiss me, ducky? <laughs> I didn't suppose you would. Christine Vole did that to you. Not her. The chap I was going with, he was a bit younger than me, but I loved him. And then she came along, started seeing him on the sly, and then one day he cleared out. But I went after him and I found him together. I told him what I thought of her and he cut me face up proper. Did you go to the police about it? Who, me? Not likely. Who, me? Besides, it wasn't his fault, not really. It was hers, it was all hers, getting them away from me, turning them against me. But I waited me time to pay her back. And it's come now. We did a tour of not just the Isles there, but I think there's hints of Australia and all sorts going on. It was on. definitely South African at points, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I thought it was South African. If, you, if, if there hadn't been the tweet saying this was a Cockney accent, <laughs> there is no way I'd have got that. So anyway, that's something for Moscow to, to aspire have to. Have you got another clip then, Flint? <laughs> this is a clip of Neil Warnock, which people will have, ah, yes. will have probably heard, but it was just a little clip of him saying the, the phrase... But it's worth hearing the full version where he goes on to, to explain it. Yeah, this is uh, interesting. I, I, was look, I was watching the Forrest Gump last night, Mark. You know, have you seen that one of Tourist films? And he said, uh, I thought just like myself, it's like, my team is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You've got an empty box of chocolates. Yeah. it's. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, well, it's instead of... Instead of that life is like a box of chocolates, it was my yeah. team. <laughs> oh, thanks for explaining that, Neil. I hadn't got the reference. Bless him. I don't know who the journalist is as well, but I thought he did. I thought he handled it pretty well because an awkward chuckle on the Zoom call. He left the gap for Neil to have a little laugh, and he was like, "Okay, oh, said it's like an empty box of chocolates, isn't it?" Yeah. But Neil was like, "No, it's because I'm referencing the film. I think you've, <laughs> you've, you seem to have missed it." Did he also say, uh, "Seen that Forrest Gump? I've seen one or two of his films. That Forrest, yeah. that Forrest Gump. Does he not realise Forrest Gump's a character? Is there a sequel? I didn't know that. Has he heard of the guy Tom Hanks? No. <laughs> anyway, uh, I enjoyed that. Yeah, isn't he toe curling? That's all I'll say about uh, he is dreadful about him. Um, oh, speaking of which, staying in South Yorkshire, let's go. Let's go to Hecky. Yep. I was trying to find if he's done anything recently with ball, without ball, mm. etc. I've managed to find this on the YouTube channel of someone called Callum McFadden. He's got 26 subscribers as Callum McFadden. He's got a full, like, it's like a 40-minute interview with Paul Don't forget to like and subscribe, guys. He's all right. I, yeah. I think he's quite, he's quite a decent channel. He's got... I meant for us, never mind Callum. He's got us just to hit, yeah. hit the like button. Please do. Um, subscribe. Hit, hit, Feed the algorithm. Hit, Give us... hit the bell. Put food on the table. Um, but yeah, and only I was the 11th person who'd watched this. Really? When I, when I went on, so... Paul Heckingbottom not not getting the hits, but he's got an interview with Mark Warburton on there, which has got. Um, I this think is, so he's got an interview with him, and he's, there's nobody seen it. No one's seen it. Oh, bless him. Yeah. So, but anyway, this is him. This is Paul Heckingbottom talking about his relationship with Radrazani and and what he did at Leeds. And you can kind of see where he's going with it. Is it? I basically laid the the foundation. I have a listen. Yeah, but it is. There's a, there's a respect there, I think, between us both in terms of. It was only now after I've left that I think they really realise the work that was done, you know, both in terms of with with the players. Oh, with the players and without the... He doesn't say without the players, yeah. sadly. But it is worth listening to the full clip just to hear what he does have to say because he, he almost implies that they're still in touch yeah. a bit and I wonder if this is mainly in his head. Right, okay. But, but probably more importantly, 
behind the scenes and just setting up a, a way of working which is going to help to, to bring a bit of success and we speak about that regularly now so yeah it's again from my point of view it's frustrating but it was Andres say brand new owner you know new in the job uh, and, he's, and he's a totally different owner now you know off the back of his experiences just like we learn as managers owners learn as owners and and, and it's good for, for for us to speak about it now because my next owner I might have might be brand new again and, and you need to you need to be able to understand that and know where they're coming from um, just like Andreas now is more skilled and work with different managers and and he, he understands his role more as, as, as a as an owner so yeah I he, probably right club wrong time if you know what I mean for me mm. uh, two things I've taken out of that that I've just scribbled down Canary he's in a he's in a coal mine by the, <laughs> <way>. <laughs> the subtext there I could have been doing this with Leeds in the Premier League that's one of the subtexts there and the other one Radrazani didn't understand my genius at the time. That's what I took from that. During the hell Radrazani sacked him, wasn't he on holiday at the time, Becky? And didn't yeah, he send Autorock in here to go sack him? In Greece, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So when he talked about the respect that Radrazani had for him. <laughs> and he made him go to bloody Burma as well, didn't he? Yeah. He, sent, he sent him to Myanmar for the post-season trip thinking, yeah, he's not going to be here for that, but I need someone and I need someone to put the cones out before the game. I mean, it's very bold to say that he set in place ways of working mm that have led to success because I think Bielsa has completely changed everything. Are you not aware that he, he came and relayed the pitch in the summer himself? Did he? He did, yeah. Stitched all those artificial fibres himself uh, by a, hand. A, a gardener is probably about his, his level, <laughs> which, is, which is to undersell what happened with that pitch because it's very complicated because, science. Because you would think, wouldn't you, that there'd be something in his record, either before Leeds or after Leeds, that would suggest that Radrazani didn't fully appreciate what he had at his disposal there, but I'm just wondering what it is. Anything? Well, he did all right at Barnsley for a bit. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, they had—I think they were the worst form in the championship when we when we got him. Yeah, then came to us and was bad. Went to Hibs and was bad. Mm-hmm. They compare him to Bielsa up there, don't they? Oh, the, the, the stuff. way the way he turned around that club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he left them bottom of the league or second bottom or something, and then yeah, it's just because little... well, the owner there, I think, was quite new and just didn't probably fully appreciate. It. And he's now a different owner. Now he's that's true. That is true. And then he went to he had the little spell at Sheffield United where the bar had been set so low for him yeah. he took over there about four points or something ridiculous didn't he so he, yeah he got like a win or two like, a, like an adult entering a child's egg and spoon race <laughs> is what I'm going to liken it to but it's interesting he's a bit he's a bit Warnock in his delusions mm. I would suggest I like him for it right what well, we got this who's flying Pig United it's a scum fan alright okay so did you see what happened in their game I did they, they were winning weren't they uh, did, yeah let's, say, were, let's say they were I think they were they they just got a late equaliser is what had happened so they'd did, I know you said you'd not watched any football. Well, do you know what? Listening to this made me seek out the highlights because it sounded hilarious. It, could, so, yeah. it was good. So basically, Rashford came on, got an equaliser. They were looking to push on, but then straight from kickoff, uh, Leicester went and scored. Right. Let me just check the, the score, order of the score, and it's taken a while for my Sky Sports app to, uh, to catch up. So uh, on eight, yeah, they equalised on eighty-two minutes, yeah. and then Vardy scored on eighty-three to put them in front. So um, Man United were never in front at any point, but they'd had a sniff of it then. Yeah, and this is from uh, Flying Pig United's live watch along. Look at the pass from Victor Lindelof. What a ball over from Lindo, mate. That vision, dude. Lindelof's better than the slab. Slab can piss off. But Lindelof, fair play. What a great pass. What a great pass. What a finish there by Marcus Rashford as well, Pash Michael. Get in there, my son. Shit chance up the other end straight away for Leicester, though. Played into the six-yard box. Shot and goal. No! 
Jamie Vardy into the top right hand corner. On the half volley, breaks United Hearts and makes it 3 2 to the Foxes. We've absolutely shat the bed. Gone to sleep after we've scored the goal, man, and it's 3 2 to Leicester City. I don't believe it. it's a fucking crumble job again. Look at this. From the kickoff, guys. From the fucking kickoff, guys. Completely fallen asleep. I've noticed from these watch alongs, they do half straddle commentator and half straddle fan on mm. there a lot of them and that there was a lot of that and that is is like telling you all the details of what's going on which it, i could see with my own eyes i guess if anyone listens to atletico mints there's a character on that called neil hunt and he's a bit like that right if you if you'll you'll if you know it you'll know it but um onto the kickoff which is from it's i don't quite know how it's split from true geordie which is a was its own youtube thing but they it's basically them watching football yeah so he obviously, as as the name implies, the the main man doing it is a Newcastle fan. But then they've got a Man United fan. There's that Chelsea Simpleton Rory. Simpleton Rory. That's what he, that's what he's called. But there's only only by his friends behind his back. <laughs> Adam Adam. I thought I didn't. He said McCola. I didn't know if he was MC Cola, but he seems to be called Adam McCola. MC Cola is a good name. It is a good name. That's why I, I thought maybe he'd gone with it. But it seems to just be his, his surname. But he's watching this game with a load of other people who are basically just laughing in his face, and he's. I mean, that is the joy of Rory on there as as sort of the as the fool in the in the studio. Understandably, he's not taking it particularly well. It's Jamie Vardy. It's sweet. There's always goals in his bastard games. I love football. I actually love football's the win. You don't winner. love football. You I love, love football, losing. bro. You don't love. <laughs> I love, I love being above you in the league, baby. I love it. <laughs> I love it, baby. <laughs> he doesn't love McCall. I, so I love United losing. I love United losing. I'm so sorry. That's it. That I love says it all winning. about you, bro. You're Les- a wet wipe. Leicester winning. United losing. You that says it I've all about. I've won a Premier League in ten years. You haven't watched the city screen. What you're going to be? Watch the screen. We're tuning up. We're tuning up. You're free to down. We love it. Literally, love it. Uh, good. There is an MC Cola, by the way. Yeah, I think it's a product in India. Okay. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> like a Panda, panda, pop, a panda yeah. Pops type version. That is a thing that when I've worked with Man United fans, this is a thing that, that they do. If you if you ever laugh at Man United, they go, "This is this is just because this is what you're like. You just don't want to you just don't want to see us do well, and it's just jealousy and stuff." You think, yeah, but it's it's kind of funny sometimes. We never well. do, we don't want to see you do well. Well, no. I Spoil, mean, spoiler <laughs> alert. That's how football works. Yeah, when it, when it when they like got to European finals and stuff over the years. Like, you know, like people are always trying to carve an angle, and that's one of the things like that that happens on Twitter quite a lot, even when you lose. And it was, I think, it's uh, I caught wind of um, B Sotted, which is the it's the Brentford. I think it's fanzine uh, podcast or both, but uh, B Sotted trying to claim some sort of moral high ground having lost to Chelsea because uh, I think Chelsea put out a fun tweet from their official accounts uh, whoever scored the goal against Brentford to win it put him in like a beekeeper's outfit calling him the beekeeper and he was spraying you know that gas whatever it is the smoke that they use to to um, subdue bees when they're getting into the hive <laughs> you know about it then <laughs> yeah I'm just just falling back on my widespread honey gathering experience I had, I had a beekeeper once in my garden I had a big swarm of bees and the man came and got rid of them did he me. de-swarm your garden he did he came with um, he, he had that the smoky the thing the smoky thing yeah uh, he had that and the bellows all the, and all the gear mm-hmm. and because he was very fat and I assumed that they could bite through his costume because his belly was pushing it so much he had to stuff a load of cardboard boxes down his front as well <laughs> so they wouldn't so they wouldn't sting him which I enjoyed is that your excuse is it because <laughs> this is cardboard it's cardboard boxes <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, so they, they tried to carve an angle and then besotted, um, sorry, we're trying to carve an angle on this Chelsea tweet uh, saying, oh, imagine that um, several years ago, this uh, 
this bus stop in Hounslow is what they refer to themselves, mm. don't they, to Brentford? Because uh, it's sort of thrown at them as, as an insult. Imagine Chelsea being delighted with beating a bus stop in Hounslow. It's like you've, you've just lost. You can't, you can't forever be plucky little Brentford. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to uh, take the defeats on the chin, haven't you? You can't claim high ground when you've lost. But anyway, they could have won that. In fairness, I don't care. They lost. Didn't they? <laughs> I do not care. Finally, then on to, to we are just sticking with Man United because we you don't want to hear Southampton fans being happy, do you? It's better to hear. Um, I like this guy, Johnny United. Yeah, he's the guy we, we've had him before. He, he does a big rant on and he goes, "See you later. Have a nice day." Yeah, he just kind of there's no pause for breath. It's just like, "See you later, guys. Thanks for watching." <laughs> He's in. He lives in Bradford, apparently. Oh, so really? Keep an eye out for him. And if and if he's angry, is, is he the former military one? He's, he yes. has experience in the force. So if he's if he's angry and still has any of his military gear, Dan lives in Bradford too. Yeah, just well, keep, an, keep an eye out for each well, other. I think in the schools, the military gear is fairly standard as well. Issue, standard <laughs> issue, just to get you through. Fair enough. But I mean, he's been the mean streets of BD10. He's been moaning for a long time about wanting Solskjaer out, and if we're perfectly honest about it, he's right. Yeah, he is, but Solskjaer must remain in position. Yeah, that's the thing. He's he's doing a great job there. Um, as much as he does annoyingly seems to have it over us. Like generally speaking, they're not going anywhere with him in charge, so it's so it's quite nice. But he appeared on a YouTube channel called This Is Football, and here he is being very calm about everything. And this is when basically a bloke has come on who is now converted to to Ollie out, and right. he, he's getting kind of angry that he was there first. I listen, I watched last night, last night, right? I watched the United, you know, United stand. I watched United stand. I'm not going to disclose the name of the person because they're, they're not here to defend themselves. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never bring somebody's name into something when they're not here to defend themselves. But this person, this person had the fucking audacity to turn around and say, oh, yeah, the, 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 it's, it's, it's getting hard to defend now. There's cracks appearing. Cracks appearing! Cracks appearing now! I'm not now it's broken! There's no cracks appearing! The cracks were appearing over 12 months ago, but people don't see. You can't see. My issue, is, my issue is, my before you could say that he didn't have his full squad, he didn't have the strong enough Oh, squad. bullshit! Bullshit! Hold on. Hold on, Johnny. Listen, relax. Let me finish. No, I'm fucking not. I'm sick of it. I'm honestly, I'm sick of it. That squad no, no, weren't good enough to be right out. That squad weren't good enough to be Leicester fucking FA Cup. Listen, I have my reason. I have my reason. It doesn't need to be the same as yours. It doesn't have to be on the same thing. I can't get that upset about football anymore. <laughs> I don't know. But just for the record, they're sixth in the table. He reminds me of um, George Dawes in Shooting Stars when he sometimes snaps at the, the <laughs> contestant just to scare him. I just imagine him sat there in a big pink romper suit. <laughs> Bless him. All right, yeah. guys, thanks for watching. Like and subscribe. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> But he, um, I mean, you can tell there that his microphone can't cope with the volume yeah, he's, no. he's going at either. Yeah. And at, at the end of this next clip, because he's on a panel, you wouldn't know of this, but there are six of them <laughs> on this discussion. There's a bloke <laughs> sh- sort of trying to host it. And I think he's the one that you can kind of hear laugh at the end of this clip. <laughs> was last year good enough for you, the way we play football? Was no, that good enough? Uh, for me, it'd be improved. And, no, and football, I, 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 well, well, listen, drop the table. Johnny, you're going back again and again to last season. I'm not talking about well, I don't season. understand. I'm I don't understand why it takes so long for people oh for the pain to fucking drop. Why does it take so long? Hey, listen. If it walks like a dog, looks like a dog, and smells like a dog, and barks like a dog, it's a fucking dog. He deserves a chance. No matter what you do, he deserves a chance. <laughs> I knew that line was coming as well. <laughs> he was he's animated, isn't he? He is, he is. Um, but in conclusion... I mean, the entitlement that underpins his anger is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he's 
he's, he's sort of right. Like, I am kind of of the opinion that if they got a decent manager, they probably would be in the title race. I like that. Have you seen that they're, they're gearing up for another protest potentially against Liverpool? What are they protesting? Well, it was against... Just bought, just bought Sancho for, what, £75 million? And spent a huge amount on Ronaldo. Yeah, it, the, um, the green and gold until we're sold type thing did seem to disappear largely, didn't it, over summer when they decided to buy a really good centre-back, a really good winger, and um, Cristiano Ronaldo, whatever he is. I was good to see him get an absolute slating actually in the weekend. Yeah. I think one of the someone gave him a three out of ten. He does because he doesn't he doesn't and can't press, can he? Like the the analysis seems to suggest that he can't press because he's not physically capable of doing it anymore. So it kind of undoes all their whole game plan, which I think is great because <laughs> that, that's what we were hoping that he'd come in and destabilize everything. Yeah, um, and he, you imagine he kind of runs it as much as Soul Shadows as well. So this is finally on Johnny. Then he's just <laughs> he's just really. If you couldn't tell his position, Are you just, sh- is he annoyed? He just wants to let you know, just in, <laughs> just in conclusion. Listen, I don't think people understand, yeah, how fucking beyond, beyond, the key word beyond, pissed off I am with this fucking manager and his coaching staff. I am, like, you get to ND Teva, I'm about 10 miles past it. I'm, I'm beyond, like, I need these guys to fuck off out of this club. Really? Fucking bunch of fucking clowns. <laughs> Just in case you weren't sure. I'm glad he, met, he clarified that. It, yeah, so he had to tell us he was pissed off. It makes me sad that you guys didn't do the match ball in like the wilderness years because I feel like it would have got to that point. <laughs> <laughs> After the 6-0 at Sheffield Wednesday, that would have been you. We, the thing is, I think we'd have ended up laughing, wouldn't we, at the, at the stupidity of it all because it went beyond anger into uh, into despair and, and farce, didn't it? Yeah, I think the early stages of it that had been anger, it was more like championship relegation I think he's worked, they were my angriest years, I think. Yeah. Like yelling at Paul Butler for still being here and stuff. But I think by the time we were in like your yeah, fourth year of finishing 15th or whatever, you just were like, well. You beat your, your brow beaten by then, <laughs> aren't you? Whatever. There was never there was never anything to cling to, I suppose, was there? So it was, whereas for, for Scum, it's still, it's well, still so kind of within reach, isn't they're it? They're framed by the last 20 years, aren't they? The last 20, 25 years of, uh, of, almost unrelenting success. It's just gradually tapered off. And they're still doing, they're still doing all right. It's yeah. a bit like, it's a bit like Liverpool when they had to cope with not winning the league every year, and they they still did pretty well during that period. They were always they were never in danger of relegation, were they? And they still won FA Cups and stuff, and a few was, Champions Leagues here and there, which must have been awful. It, well, yeah, I mean, real real tough times for those. You've lads. got to remember, nobody suffered like Newcastle fans. Well, they've God, they've suffered so much with a couple of relegations, but absolutely loads of Premier League football. Mm. It's almost like people are frustrated with mediocre coaches, isn't it? I did enjoy a clip I saw of um, one of their fans outside the ground saying something like, uh, no politics, just football, and we're rich. And you <laughs> know, I think, huh. that's related to the first point you made, <laughs> but never mind. Well, I saw the, New- the Newcastle game on Sunday and, and it fueled my total nihilism. Like when Leeds lose, I just want to tear it all down. I want it all to go away. I, I mean, like, you know, we met on, because um, I broke my telly on. Saturday night, oh, sorry, but the kids kicked a football into the telly. The on, kids? On Saturday night. Yep, it was the kids. Kicked a football into the telly. Is, on, this, is this just in case your insurance company is listening? <laughs> on Saturday night and broke it. It was right in the top corner though, so I am pleased with the execution of that. But I felt very, very embarrassed because it's the sort of thing that, you know, you would tell the kids off for doing. <laughs> but um, I had to meet you to get your spare telly on Sunday morning, didn't I? But you took your kids to the trampoline park just on Lowfields Road, so mm-hmm. you can see it's the other side of the motorway. It used to be the magic sponge. Yeah, you can, but you can see Ellen Road just down down the way. It's obviously the east stand is looming. The big high sense advert is uh, is very visible just over the motorway there, but I couldn't even look at it. It was like, like you know, and a, a guilty dog has stolen some sausages or whatever from the kitchen and just refuses to look at you because they know they've done wrong. That's how I felt about Ellen Road. It's like, not now. Yeah. Not now, Ellen Road. I didn't even look at it. I just refused to even... I turned my back on it. Just wouldn't <laughs> even cast eyes on the east stand. 
because I was I was angry. But uh, I'm all right. A couple of days on, I think it's fine, isn't it? We're not we're not in Johnny United entitled yet. I don't think, are we? Not yet. It's I don't. I've never been that angry about anything. To be perfectly honest, no, I can't be bothered. <laughs> it's just easier to just turn everything off. <laughs> <laughs> well, and on which note, <laughs> let's end the show there. And next week, it's it's Wolves propaganda. Weird thing is, because I'm going to a wedding in um, that way. <laughs> it's over towards Shropshire. I lose geography once. Once you get sort of south of, I don't know about Manchester. I don't. It all blends into one. Going to a wedding over over towards Shropshire, but we're staying in Wolverhampton the night after we play Wolves at Ellen Road. So I might go back on the team bus or something like Travel that. Lodge, uh, Premier Inn, Premier Inn. Yeah. I, have, I have actually stayed in the Travel Lodge at Wolves. Yeah, it was, a, it was a treat. I was going to say I hope I didn't get the same room because I know what you've done on some of the, in some of those rooms. <laughs> Bloody hell, fire! Right, well, we'll return with more propaganda. Sounds worse than it is, that, by the way. <laughs> it just means I've been sick. <laughs> we'll return in the wake of the Wolves game. Obviously, we've got the uh, the main show to look out for on your feed. And uh, thanks for watching and listening to this one. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.